0: Why am I yawning? What you yawning about? Are we
1: on? We're on. Oh, (laughs) I was just yawning. I don't know why. I've been yawning all morning and I had a good night's sleep.
0: Good morning, Miss Evelyn.
1: Good morning, Mr. Joe.
0: What are you thinking about today?
1: Uh, Heat, (laughs) heat, heat, and more heat. Uh, Got out and trimmed my bushes and I thought I was gonna die. And you almost did die helping me rake up all the limbs, but, Didn't
0: help you much.
1: Oh, yes, you did. You did a lot. Got a little bit more to do, but not too much today.
0: Yeah, I'll call in the forces (laughs) too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be 115 today, isn't
1: it? I know, it's insane. It's insane. Usually it'll get up high and then kind of go away for a little while, but man, what is it? We were 91 one day, that was the lowest it was. Now here we are back.
0: We're in Mesa, Arizona and we were just talking to Kimberly and uh, she's in Salem, Illinois and uh the uh, temperature in in uh, Illinois, I don't it's, it's not 100, is it?
1: Uh I think it's been up there. Uh I was talking to my son Kelly and he said it had gotten really uh really high for southern Illinois and then the humidity is I think, you know, way in the 90s.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, that's the major difference between Mesa and Illinois weather is the humidity. Because uh, we usually stay in the 20s and maybe in the 30% range. And like you say, 90% is not uncommon. And whenever you get 100 degrees with 90% relative humidity, it's really hot. Kind of reminds me of whenever we went to the Colorado River back in 1997, whenever we first moved to San Diego. Sammy, uh, her youth group went to Colorado, and it was the first 115-degree day I'd ever experienced.
1: Oh, my gosh. And we were trying to sit up tents. We were going to sleep. And I think there was one little bitty tiny tree. And uh, I hate to say this about a church group, but people were fighting for that tree. And you couldn't even drive uh, the stakes into the ground. It was so hard. I mean, they would just break.
0: We were on the Colorado River on a rock. The whole thing was just one huge rock. And I remember we tried to drive those tent pegs into the ground and couldn't do it and had to to improvise. And I remember that was the first Nana talk that uh, I'd received since we arrived in San Diego. I rolled out of our air-conditioned vehicle... And it was 115 and I looked at you and I said, I'm getting back in. I can't handle this. And that's whenever you said, now look, (laughs) here's the reality. You're going to be here a couple of days. So just suck it up. And we did.
1: Yes, we did. We had a great time too, but it was still very, very hot.
0: You know, that was back in the Shadow Mountain days, whenever we moved to San Diego and I know, uh, David Jeremiah, our teaching preacher, uh, one of the greatest teachers of the Scripture that uh, I've ever sat under, and he was really good, and he was also uh, personally good uh, with us because whenever he found out you had cancer, uh, he gave you a call and told about his time whenever he had cancer back in 94, and it returned in 98, and he had the stem cell transplant. And, uh, you know, we were toying with that at uh, City of Hope. So, uh, hands-on preacher.
1: Oh, he definitely was. Yes, he did give me a call when he found out that I had been to the City of uh, Hope. And they were wanting to do a little trial uh, situation with me. And uh, he called and gave me some very good advice. And uh, I took his advice. I didn't go. (laughs)
0: Uh, everything turned out good, though, as far as uh, us living, both of us, uh, twice with cancer, and and uh, with the, and I always say Kaiser and uh, San Diego saved both of our lives.
1: Oh, I would say so. We were uh, lucky to be in a city that had uh, the medical services that San Diego. Uh, had to offer at such a close place. If we'd have still been in Illinois, we would have been driving to St. Louis every day and take treatments and that would have been. I don't know how uh, our friends and everyone who live in Benton have to do all that driving for that because I meant getting a um, chemo treatment or a radiation treatment wears you out, let alone driving three or four hours a day.
0: I remember Dr. Jenny DeVette uh, holding your face in her hands and saying, Evelyn, we're going to whip this thing. And uh, for me, Dr. Ken Nakadahara, the uh, urologist, uh, said to me, you know, uh, you've got a fast-growing prostate cancer, but uh, we're going we're to take care of this. And both of them did, and we're thankful for the good service of Kaiser.
1: Uh, Dr. DeVitt was the perfect doctor for me. She uh, told you just exactly how it was. Uh, I remember hearing other people saying that they had gone to their doctor after they had gotten a few treatments, and the doctor says, well, your cancer is in remission. And so I was waiting for those magic words, that your cancer is in remission. And I, I never got those words from my doctor, Um Not that she was a pessimist. I think she was just that honest, and we were both on the same page. I always felt that I hadn't survived cancer like I feel today. I am still surviving cancer because I think uh, so many times, so many friends that I have and employers that I work for um, were cancer-free for seven or eight years, and then it came back, so... I always like to uh, give it its due and think that it's maybe still there, it's just lying in wait. <laughs> mm.
0: I know whenever you found out truly that you did have cancer, Chelsea, uh, who worked for Pfizer, jumped into action and she was the researcher for the the team. And uh, I remember she would feed all the questions to me and everything. and and we would go in for a visit with Dr. DeVitt and she would talk with you for an hour and go through everything and then she'd turn to me and she'd say, and what do you wanna know today? (laughs) But she always answered.
1: Oh yes, yes, and uh, we were very fortunate that uh, Chelsea had a school friend that was a cancer doctor down at Vanderbilt. And so um, she would call and talk to her and give her the information that she'd gotten from us. And then she'd say, "Uh, Leanne, uh, if this was your mother, what would you do? And then she'd call and tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we did it and we had a lot of help, a lot of people. I had a great uh, church group that prayed for me every day and uh, had a lot of support, great support.
0: Yeah, Dr. Petty's daughter, Leanne Petty. Uh, at Vanderbilt, and it took quite a team, and it does, uh, you know, I've always said if you have a diagnosis of cancer, then you need the patient to work on the treatment, but you need an advocate to work on the doctors and the facilities, because there were many times when I had to rattle the cage for you uh, in pharmacy and places like that to try to find something to keep you from having the terrible uh, upset over chemotherapy. And then you did the same thing whenever I was uh, uh, stricken with cancer. So you need an advocate who's banging on the doors and demanding answers and uh, getting the results that you're seeking and looking for. Um, this is kind of sick... Uh, podcast this morning uh,
1: morbid <laughs> morbid oh it's, i don't think it's uh, morbid at all i think um i i was very lucky to go through cancer and survive and uh um i i would not want to do it again uh but i'll tell you what it uh opened your eyes and uh it makes you a lot more thankful i think we take our good health uh what's the word? For granted. For granted, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes. And um, it um, makes you very aware of uh, what a blessing each healthy day is for you.
0: I know uh, after the 90s, whenever we both had our cancer, uh, turn of the century and then uh, later, I think it was in uh, 2000, wasn't it, that uh, we had the cancer and I remember you saying, "Okay, Joe B, we've outlived uh all the major stuff. Now we're on our path to living a long and fruitful traveling life." Remember that?
1: Yes, I do remember that. Yes, very much. Yes, and I think it was um uh I, I don't know. Maybe I've lost my thought. But <laughs> anyway, um Yes, it was. Um, it was very important. It was um, a good lesson for me.
0: Yeah. First of all, we went to Europe traveling and uh, enjoyed what fourteen days in various countries, and then uh, here in July, uh, wasn't it July that we got our camper and decided to become the retired rotors and started traveling uh, the highways and byways of Illinois. July.
1: No, it was May. May? May, because we left the 8th of June. Uh, How soon you forget. Uh, But what I want to know, being a little nasty that I can be sometimes, is what happened between 2008 and 2020? (laughs) Uh, There was no traveling. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to work. You didn't want to retire. You wanted to work.
0: Well, I wanted to uh, make a living for a wife and six kids.
1: No, you didn't want to travel. (laughs) That was just a good excuse. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I have reformed and I have listened to you now. And I'm ready to go. Let's fire up and get out of here.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: Uh, No, you're not. (laughs) We're still hunkered down because of the virus and... Uh, things will get better. They've got to well uh enjoyed visiting with you this morning. uh reliving you got anything you'd like to jump on? To?
1: mm no, just everyone, please be careful. this uh virus just um bothers me a lot it makes me concerned about family and friends and everything. um I know a lot of people don't take it for real, but um. You know, why not? Mm-hmm. i'd I'd rather be very careful and cautious, and hopefully not lose anyone uh, close to me. So I'd say be careful, but enjoy every day, make the most of it.
0: You know whenever we uh, got the diagnosis that uh, we had cancer, we had something that we could identify, and uh, something that the doctors could identify. And Dr. DeVitt Nakadahara sat down with us and set forth a specific roadmap of what we were going to do. But with the virus, there is no knowledge. There is no roadmap. There is so much uncertainty about everything that it just makes it kind of linger out there like a dark cloud, and uh, it kind of weighs on people.
1: Oh, it does after so long. I mean, I think all of us have the patience to endure something for so long, and then pretty soon you just kind of get fed up. And I think that's when we become uh, to the point that we want to, uh, you know, get out and do things. And that's when we all make mistakes, so we shouldn't do that.
0: Well, we uh, love talking to you. You have a good day, and uh, I know you've. Uh... Got a lot to do today, so enjoy. Okay, uh, and my goodbye, daughter's Gracie. calling.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yes? Hello. Hello, how are you? Oh, <laughs> we it never rang. Oh, it didn't? Oh, it didn't? No, it just, like, kept trying to call, him and then it wouldn't ring. It's oh, so get that out of my face. Okay,
0: we'll yeah. sign off. <laughs>